For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Episode number 11 of the Believe in Minnesota Football Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Networks. I'm your host, Tony Liebert, and you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Liebert. That's Tony, L-I-E-B-E-R-T. For today's episode, uh, I'll be talking about the recent news of redshirt sophomore Cam Wiley deciding to to enter the transfer portal. Um, And... I'll be recapping the Gophers' 30-23 victory over Nebraska last Saturday. Um, I'll be talking about Tanner Morgan's best performance of the season, uh, Chris Hoppenbell's impact on this team and specifically their offense, the defensive line's continued dominance, and I'll even touch on the Scott Frost-PJ Fleck rivalry. start with the Cam Wiley news being that that, that, that is the most um, recent. So uh, this morning, as of uh, Monday the 18th, he decided to enter his name into the transfer portal. Um, I can't say it's too much of a shock. Um, he, he was a high, uh, even though he's a three-star running back, I remember the Gophers were um, recruiting him with some pretty good programs. He was only technically a three-star, but the Gophers beat out um, Oregon. He had an offer from them, TCU, Utah, Arizona, BYU. Uh, He was from Las Vegas, Um, a pretty big recruit, but um, I can't say it was a shock. He only had six carries um, this year, both coming in the first two games, and being how how much um, injuries the running back room has had, and for him to not be involved – um, in today's day and age, and I could say that was almost expected for him to transfer. Um, being that it's the second guy to transfer in season, um, some would look at that as like a red flag. And in both situations, um, if you take them separately, they both kind of make sense, to be completely honest. Uh, last week, Curtis Dunlap... Um, he previously entered his name in the transfer portal. He said that he wants to be closer to home. He wasn't getting the playing time. He was another big-time recruit. So that one made sense. And then this one, just basic on-field performance in today's day and age, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, no matter if you believe that kids transferring when they're not getting playing time is right or wrong, um, this made sense given the current climate and circumstances with the transfer portal. Um, I'm personally not too worried that two people transferred. Uh, it seemed like it was almost like mutual 
between the program and the player for both situations because it both of them are talented players they just couldn't see the field as for how the team reacts from this the running back room obviously will have a it kind of hurts their depth if they have any other injuries um I think recently scholarshiped uh, former walk-on running back Preston Jellin will probably be the biggest beneficiary from this move. Um, He's a special teams player currently, and he's been out of a few games. I've seen him on the sideline in his street clothes, but um, he's pretty clearly the fourth string running back now. Um, I I wouldn't imagine that he'll get too many carries on the field. but uh, I think the rotation will stay with uh, what we saw against Nebraska with Bryce Williams, um, Kai Thomas, and Bucko Irvin. I, I think that's I, – I don't think Wiley's transfer is really going to change that much. But overall, it's kind of expected news. I, I don't think it really uh, makes an impact on this team uh, that dramatically or even heading into next season because – if you look into next season, the Gophers have one uh, running back commit in their current class, uh, Zach Evans, a three-star running back from Rockwall, Texas, pretty big school in Texas. Um, he held offers from Notre Dame, uh, the Longhorns, uh, the University of Texas, um, Houston, Arizona State, Iowa. So the Gophers beat out some pretty big schools for for him. So I think heading into next year, I don't think this makes that dramatic of an impact on the running back room. I think the Gophers can, if they want more depth, they can go after another running back. Um, uh, Emmett Johnson in in state would be another guy that they could offer if they want to bring in two running backs next year from uh, Holy Angels, probably Mr. Football in Minnesota. But that's that's just a suggestion. Uh, PJ Flex clearly not listening to this podcast, but... Um, that's something they could do, but overall, I, I don't think this makes a huge impact immediately or or uh, long term. Um, as for the Gophers' thirty to twenty three victory over Nebraska on Saturday, um, I think the my instant takeaways from the game um, was it was Tanner Morgan's best game of the year by far. He was um, 20-24, 209 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs. I'll get more into his performance later in the episode, but best game, plain and simple. Um, Chris Ottman-Bell, he has a dramatic impact on Morgan's performance and this offense as a whole, the passing game. Everything just runs more smoothly when he's in the in the lineup. Uh, basic on-field performance, everyone... Uh, they clearly utilize him more, and he's the clearly the best receiver on their team. But I feel like, just like mentally, uh, when they know they got their senior wide receiver and their veteran playmaker on the field, uh, the entire offense just seems more comfortable. Um, he had 11 catches for 103 yards and a touchdown. Clearly, his best game of the year too. Um, and then as for like the whole game, it was kind of a tale of two halves. In the first half, the offense in the passing game was uh, the leader of the team. They were, they were looking great. They built a big lead. And then in the second half, um, the defensive line uh, was able to overshadow the offensive struggles. Um, Asezi 
Otomiwo had a great game. Four tackles, one sack, one and a half tackles for loss. Uh, MJ Anderson had two huge pass deflections on a late-game drive. Uh, Niles Pinckney, the Clemson transfer, had three tackles, one sack, one and a half for loss. Um, Boye Mafe played a great game again. He had a, a big tackle for loss. And then Trill Carter, Val Martin, and Micah Treadway were all playing very good. The defensive line is 100% the strength of this team, and they showed it again. And lastly, my huge takeaway is uh, I'm just very impressed with how this team has reacted since the Bowling Green uh, loss. I think uh, old Minnesota teams, uh, not calling out any coaches or anything, but old under different regimes would have, the Bowling Green loss would have, probably ruin their season and for most programs in the country to be completely honest I have to give uh, PJ Fleck a ton of credit for um, his team just completely forgetting that game that that takes a very good head coach to have a team completely forget a rather historic loss like that and they're playing like a top 25 team in the country right now they're playing great on both sides of the ball. There's definitely some room room for improvement, but they are playing like uh, the one of, if not the best team in the Big Ten West, and that it all has to go to um, PJ Flex leadership and coaching ability. I'll get into it later. I, there's a few of his in-game decisions that puzzle me, but I, I think there are uh, three. Uh, three like check boxes to check for a college head coach you have a uh, recruiting in-game coaching and leadership because these are all college kids you have to motivate them and lead them um through the game and uh I think PJ Fleck checks those two of those at a very high level and I think if any coach checks two of them they're a good head coach um he's a great recruiter and he's a great leader and I think uh if he knows that he struggles with in-game decisions sometimes, that's really all I can ask. I'm just very impressed with how this team has reacted since the Bowling Green loss. Um, we'll start with the offensive performance uh, more specifically. Um, obviously, one of the biggest uh, talking points heading into the game was how the running back room was going to play after Trey Potts being ruled out for the season. And maybe longer. Um, Bryce Williams uh, was the main guy. He had 17 carries for uh, 127 and a touchdown. Um, he had one long 56-yard touchdown to ice the game. So if you take that out, he had about 16 for 71. Um, I thought he played well. He, uh, he wasn't um, it, it was clearly a drop-off from Trey Potts and Mo Ibrahim, but he definitely it was not big enough of a drop-off to, I think, dramatically affect the offense. Um, they still were able to do what they wanted. Um, in the post-game press conference, uh, P.J. Fleck had a funny story where uh, he said that leading up to the week, um, Bryce Williams' mom, when he committed, handed P.J. Uh, a button from like his youth from Bryce Williams youth football uh like pictures and PJ Fleck found that and like had it on his desk all week uh leading into the game because he knew Bryce Williams was gonna have a big game. 
Um, I don't know if that was just a PJ story and he made that up, but I thought that was kind of a funny story. Um, as for other than Bryce, uh, Bucko Irvin had a fairly good game, four yards of carries, seven carries, 28 yards. He was the only running back to have a catch. He had one catch, one yard. Um, Kai Thomas had seven for 23. I thought as, as a trio, they played very well, to be honest. Um, I, I think all three of them, uh, I, I would imagine that the Gophers are going to kind of go with a hot hand approach and Bryce Williams was most effective. Um, so I, I don't know if that'll be the same going forward, but it, it definitely, uh, some stuff to like from the running back room. Um, as for the rest of the running game, uh, Cole Kramer, the backup Wildcat quarterback was very involved again. He had six carries for 20 yards, um, and he attempted his first pass of his career on the first drive of the game, which was a beautiful uh, touchdown to Brevin Spanford in the corner of the end zone. Um, start To start the game, when he uh, came in for the last five plays in the red zone on the first drive of the game, I thought we were going to see a lot of Cole Kramer. Um, I, I was very interested to see how the rest of the game was going to look after that. Um, but he definitely played after that, but he was nowhere near as involved after the first drive of the game. Um, I thought they did a great job mixing him in naturally. And um, if you've ever heard me talk about the Wildcat uh, different guy taking the snap from the uh, from the center, I, it, passing the ball in that situation just adds so much more uh to think about for the defense if you run the ball every time you're just admitting you're running the ball if you bring in if it's Mo or Kramer or Trey Potts and to take a direct snap you're just admitting you're running the ball if you never pass so I, I it was great to see them finally pass the ball out of that they do that very rarely um but I thought Sanford did a great job of mixing him in naturally and overall I thought the running game did a great job um the offensive line had a great solid performance wasn't their best game of the year but they uh clearly did not play poorly enough for it to be a talking point after the game i thought uh john michael schmitz probably was the best offensive lineman today um i think he might be an nfl player he really impressed me um he did a great job today or not today uh last week uh Overall, the offense line allowed only one Nebraska sack. Um, I thought they did a great job responding after the Curtis Dunlap transfer. They didn't look uh, out of sync or anything. They looked like themselves. Um, they, As a whole, the running game had 182 yards, 4.2 yards per carry. Uh, they, they played like the strength of this offense. It, it was a uh, definitely good performance to see um as for the wide receiver room uh mike brown stevens continues to uh carve out a bigger and bigger role he had three catches for 58 yards and uh, a touchdown um over the last two weeks he's had five for 160 um i i think he might be establishing himself and it's kind of been throughout the year like daniel jackson has had his games Dalen Wright's had his games, and now Mike Brown-Stevens is having his games. Obviously, Daniel Jackson was out of this game. It was uh, Dalen Wright's first one back in a while, but I think 
MBS has proven that he deserves to have a role on this team. He's a I I love watching him play. Uh, he's a great route runner, a great deep threat. I, I think he uh, should continue to have a role on this team. He's a very talented receiver. I, I'm very interested to see him grow because he's still only a, a redshirt sophomore. Um, as for Dalen Wright, he continues to have uh, problems with drops. He dropped one or two again today, or this week. Keep saying today. <laughs> um, if he can correct that, I think he'll be fine. He's a uberly talented receiver. We've obviously seen that. Um, if uh, I, I expect him to correct it, and I don't. Hopefully, it's not a problem going forward. But uh, Daniel Jackson was obviously out for the game. I've not heard specifically why uh, he was out yet. But um, uh, the the wide receiver room clearly responded well. Mike Brown Stevens stepped up, and they barely missed him at all. Um, Brevin Spanford had a great game. He had a touchdown. He had three catches for twenty three yards, I believe. One of his better games. Um, he's a very good pass catching tight end, and obviously he doesn't play that much because Coquif is such a good run blocker. Um, but he's a great tight end. I'd love to see them uh, get him more involved. And then uh, more on Tanner. Uh, I I think it was his best game of the season, kind of by a wide margin. It was his highest passing total um, since November 11th against Illinois last season. Um, it was his third game with two passing touchdowns since 2019, only his third. Um, his 167.3 uh Rating was his highest since the uh, Halloween Eve game last season against Maryland. Um, and his 85.4 QBR was his highest since last season against Purdue. Um, his 16, He had 16 straight completions before his first interception, which was a school record. And I, everyone's going to talk about his two picks in the second half and how the uh, passing game and offense slowed down as a whole in the second half. But... I don't think that really should overshadow what was a really good game. Uh, the first one, the cornerback was an all-Big Ten cornerback. Came Taylor Britt is a great player. He made a great play on the ball. Um, I think that one was more of a defensive play. And Tanner knew in his second one was just a bad throw. He admitted to it after the game. He just can't do that. Um, but other, like other than those two, he had just no mistakes at all. Um, I think his other two incompletions were both Dalen Wright drops. I could be wrong, but um, I it was very, very um, good to see him have another great game and show that he can win the game for you. Like, he can be your best player on your offense, and he was today, or this week. And so that was very, very good to see. As for um, the defensive side of the ball, we're still seeing great improvement each game, at least in my eyes. They're still letting up those big plays. Um, the Nebraska tight end, their big 6'9 guy, Austin Allen, he was kind of kind of burned him a couple times. But the defense has playmakers. It, they keep making plays on the defensive line, even in the secondary. Uh, they have playmakers, and they're, they're showing more and more consistency. And I think if they're still winning games, they can keep improving, obviously. And by the end of the year, by the time they play Iowa, by the time hopefully they're in the Big Ten Championship, I think this defense is going to be playing at a very high level. Uh, like I said, the defensive front, man, they continue to impress me. Um, 
they really controlled this game. Uh, they limited, I believe, Adrian Martinez, Nebraska quarterback, to his lowest rushing total of the season. Yeah, with sacks, uh, Martinez technically had negative 17 rushing yards, and before that, his low was um, 33 yards on the season. He only had one game with no rushing touchdown this year, and he had no rushing touchdown against the Gophers. So uh, I was very impressed with how their uh, run defense showed up, limited him, which was just a terrific game plan. Flex said that after the game, that they executed the game plan to perfection. Um, they really made him try to beat him with their with his arm, and I don't think his arm is talented enough to beat him. So um, I was very impressed with the game plan and how it was executed on the defensive line. Um, the linebacking group continues to improve. Uh, Jack Gibbons, uh, the Abilene Christian transfer, um, I'm very impressed with him every game. He's gotten better, I think, every game. Uh, he tied a season high this week with eight tackles. Um I think he might be the best linebacker on the team. Moriano sorry, Marin, uh, has gotten more and more consistent. There's been times uh, throughout his career where he's led up big plays, but he's really um, improved on that, and he's locked in and locked down. Um, the job for them is a lot easier when the defensive front is playing as well that they're doing. Like They're just kind of cleaning up whatever the defensive line lets through in the run game. Um, so I would imagine they would say the same thing. Um, the uh, front seven as a whole is just definitely, since the Colorado game, they've just played at a very high level. Um, the secondary, still the weakness of this uh, defense. They're still letting up big plays. Um, I thought they did a great job today other than, or great job this week other than the big plays. I think it might have been their best game of the season, to be completely honest. Um, because if, if you take out that tight end, who, um, I don't remember specifically who is who is guarding him most of the time. I wouldn't imagine they would put his. Uh, I would assume it was a linebacker. So, uh, even though Gibbons and Sorry Marin are good doing so well in the running game, I don't think they did very good in coverage this game. Um, if you take out his five for one twenty one, uh, they had thirteen completions. That would have been for one. 20 um so th that's a very good game from the secondary um and then the huge fourth down stand uh where uh tyler newman came in and stuffed uh martinez that was a massive play um overall there's just a lot to like from the defense um like I said, I think they're going to keep improving. And it just, overall, there's just so much to like from this game. As a fan of the Gophers myself, it was just a very, it, it might have been the most fun game to watch this year, to be completely honest. Um, but yeah, it, I was just very happy with a lot of things I saw on both sides of the ball. Now into the performance from the coaches. Um, Mike Sanford Jr. obviously got so much hate all season. Everyone's calling for his job. He showed up today, or this week. He showed up. He uh, showed up when it mattered most. I think he that was his best play-calling game of the season. Um, he was creative. He was unpredictable. Um, I would assume both both him and Fleck, uh, the uh, trick play uh, late in the first half, I would assume they'd both want that back. But everyone can have a mistake. Uh, nobody's perfect. Um, but... 
I, I was very impressed with with the play calls and the creativity on offense. I thought it was the first time this season where they really um, utilized the quick passing game and got uh, Ottman Bell on the outside and let him make plays. And they got uh, Mike Brown Stevens over the middle, Span Ford over the middle. In the in the past, they've just kind of been forcing uh, deep ball passes uh, all all season, like. It just makes life a lot easier on uh, Tanner in the passing game when you can get a quick pass out of the receiver. He gets 10, 15 yards. That just raises everyone's confidence instead of trying to force these long plays over the middle and deep where it's just hard passes to make consistently. I, I thought it was just a great uh, offensive uh, play calling game. And then as for uh, Fleck, um, some of his in-game decision-making has always uh, puzzled me. Um, his timeout use, he just kind of burns them whenever he wants. Um, I, I, I've kind of realized that's just what you're going to get with him. Um, uh, he d- never goes for points at the end of the half. I, I, I just don't like understand what he's thinking sometimes, but, um, before the safety, when uh, they were going, when they had the, Mark Crawford had the beautiful punt, pinned him deep, and then they got the safety. Uh, when it, it was a fourth and one, like on uh, their own 40. And personally, I would have went forward in that situation. Um, he decided not to, and then he burned a timeout before the punt instead of just taking the five yards, which was just one of the oddest decisions I've seen. I just don't know why you would do that. I don't know what you gain from that at all. Um, uh, your punter can punt the ball five yards longer. Um, I just thought that was odd. Uh, but like I said, that clearly just not PJ Flex thing. Uh, Andy Reid on the Chiefs, he's always been a bad timeout user. He's won a Super Bowl, and now he's head coach one of the best teams in the NFL. So... Some coaches, it's just not their thing. Um, I'll continue to be puzzled on it. And if you follow me on Twitter, I'll continue to just be flummoxed by some of his decisions. But um, we'll we'll just move on for that. Everybody can, uh, like I said, not, not everyone's perfect. Some people make mistakes. I, I would assume he'd want some of those back, hopefully. Um, but I, I guess as PJ, whenever... PJ Flex, the head coach of the Gophers, and I need to know that if he, as long as he's the head coach, he's just not going to uh, view his timeouts as valuable as some other coaches. But whatever. Um, as for the rest of the season now, after this game, um, after another crazy week of uh, college football all season, a lot of upsets, uh, the Go- the Big Ten West is looking like for the Gophers to to lose, to be completely honest. I 100% believe that. Um, I was now 3-1 and one in the conference. Gophers 2-1. and one, Purdue 2-1. and one, Wisconsin 1-2. and two, Northwestern 1-2. Illinois 1-3. And, and now Nebraska is last in the Big Ten West. That's besides the point. Well, but whatever. Um, so the Gophers hold the tiebreaker with Purdue. They hold the tiebreaker with Nebraska. And... They play Maryland uh, this week, who's in the Big Ten East. Um, but um, I'll, I'll get into more of a Maryland preview later in the week. Uh, but 
So they play Wisconsin this year. They play Northwestern. They play Illinois. They play Iowa. Um, I, I think they can honestly win out. I, I'm not I, knock on wood, but um, I, I after this game, uh, I just my hopes for this team skyrocketed because for seeing how the uh, offenses look, they look so much smoother. They uh, were getting everyone involved. They weren't forcing anything. I think. Losing Potts and Ibrahim might be a blessing in, the, in disguise because they they might become a more balanced team. Um, Iowa looked very beatable. They lost Purdue on their home field, who we beat in West Lafayette. Um, Iowa has always looked very beatable. I think they're they have a great defense. Their offense just cannot score with teams. I, uh, it will obviously be tough a tough game in Iowa City, but. Uh, the easiest way for P.J. Fleck to make Gopher fans forget about the Bowling Green loss is to knock off Iowa. I, I'm just getting excited talking about that game, but whatever. That's going to just be a massive game for Big Ten West implications. I think, to be completely honest, I think it's a two-man race. I, Purdue's going to trip up at some point this year. I guess they've already played us and Iowa, so they're going to have a fairly easy schedule the rest of the year. But we have the tiebreaker against them. Um, so that uh, game with us and Iowa is going to just be massive. Um, as for the Gophers, rest of the year now, they got Maryland this week at home. Um, they go to Northwestern at home against Illinois, and then they got Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, which will be a, uh, Indiana, Wisconsin, who uh, probably were two of the more uh, we're expected to do very well in the Big Ten this year, both just are not at all. Um, so uh, the college football season this year is just very, like, fluid. Like, you don't know who's good or not at all. So I, uh, all I know is the Gophers are playing at a very high level right now. They have the talent, and they should have the expectation now to compete with every single team in the conference. They showed they can compete with Ohio State. Um. I think Michigan State might be the best team. Or I think Ohio State's the best team in the conference still. Personally, I think Michigan State might be the second best team. But I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea at all this college football season. I have a terrible read on every game, but that's besides the point. The, uh, last thing I'll end on, there's just zero reason why this team cannot compete for a Big Ten West championship. They have the talent. They have the coaching. They have the experience. They have everything. They have the experienced quarterback. Their defense is playing better. Uh, their loss of their running backs clearly didn't affect them that much. There's zero reason why the expectation can't be for this team to at least compete and be in the running at the end of the year for a Big Ten West championship. I Knock on wood, obviously. It's Minnesota sports, and I don't want to get my expectations too high, but uh, my hopes for the season are uh, way too high. Right now, um, but a lot to like from that Nebraska game. A um, lot to like it, uh, overall for the whole season. Um, I, I think that's all I got to talk about for this episode. Later in the week, I'll have a preview for the Maryland game. Um, but uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Row the boat, Sky Uma, and go Gophers. <music>
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.